You are listening to the Hippie Haven podcast, where we have honest conversations about how easy and sometimes how hard it can be to save the planet and why it's so important. If this is your first time listening, welcome. My name's Callie. I'm a zero waste activist and consultant, the founder of Bestowed Essentials, my line of ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle products, and I travel full-time around the United States in my camper van, hence my blog name, ahippieinavan.com, which is where you can go to learn more about me, this podcast, and all the work I do. My mission is to inspire you to take action, because the planet needs our help now more than ever, and I truly believe that together, we can make a difference. This episode of the Hippie Haven podcast is brought to you by Sustain, makers of natural feminine care products. Most products we're using down there contain ingredients that harm your body rather than help it. With Sustain, they're committed to always putting your health first, which means their products are better, safer, and more vagina-friendly than traditional brands. And bonus points for being socially and environmentally conscious as well. They use fair trade latex for their condoms and organic cotton for their tampons. Plus, they give 10% of their profits to women's healthcare organizations. Save $5 off your first order by visiting www.ahippieinavan.com forward slash sustain. Thanks for supporting our partners. Carly Bergman is an eco-influencer, author, and consultant with a degree in integrated studies concentrating on sustainability and eco-spirituality in addition to being certified in permaculture design. She's the creator of the hashtag Futuristic February Challenge, which raises awareness on unsustainable consumerism in today's society. Carly and her partner Brendan, who will also be on the podcast soon, run a consulting firm called Sustainable Duo, where they travel around the country speaking at vegan and zero-waste events. Show notes for this episode are available at www.ahippieinavan.com forward slash 023, where you can find a full transcript and links to everything we mentioned. So Carly, who are you and how did you become the person you are today? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, basically, I credit pretty much who I am to my mom raising me to be environmentally conscious and then also working at a very conscious juice bar. I started working at a raw vegan organic juice bar when I was only 15 years old. So I started working there and I wasn't vegan at the time, but all I knew was that I was so interested and passionate about juicing and smoothies and nutrients, holistic living. So I started working there when I was 15 and I was just immersed in a crazy culture of a ton of different types of people. So for example, I was working with people that practice witchcraft and my boss was an immigrant from Poland and I worked with a lot of drag queens and transgenders. And here I am as this 15 year old little girl who's been sheltered kind of her whole life. And I was like, what is the world? Like what is happening? And these people just kept on dropping truth bombs to me about animal agriculture and what's in our food, GMOs, pesticides, polluted water. And I just learned so much about the world for the six years that I worked at that juice bar. And so I always credit Pure Juice Cafe whenever I talk to people because really like they set me up for the basis of my life and who I am now. And how and when did you go vegan? I went vegan when I was, I initially went vegan when I was 15 years old. 
So that's right when I started working at Pure Juice Cafe. And when I was there, I mean, I was making smoothies every day, juicing every day, making raw desserts and raw food in the back. So it really taught me a lot about organic food and sprouted food and fermented food. And that's really my passion, holistic living, not only just veganism, but just that connection to our food and from seeding to harvesting to eating, like the whole process of permaculture and growing your own food and organics that really hit home for me. So like I said, it's been quite a long time and I'm 21 years old now. So I'm again, so grateful that I found that cafe that opened up down the street because without it, I don't know where I would be. I'm sure I'd be still be vegan at this point just because of my personality, but just being able to work there at such a young age, it really instilled a lot of these ethics in me. And what introduced you to the zero waste lifestyle? Oh, so I went to Nicaragua almost three years ago. Um, actually, no, it was three years ago. And I went, I was already vegan for a couple of years at this point, And I went for an eco travel trip. And I went with a volunteer group called Give Volunteers. And I went for an entire month. So when I was there, I was teaching English. I was taking Spanish classes. I was teaching locals about just recycling and environmentalism and composting. And when I was there, I was encouraged to bring every bit of trash that I accumulated or I, I produced. I was encouraged to bring that home with me to the United States because as I'm sure you know, you know, developing countries, they don't have proper waste management systems and Nicaragua just burns all of their trash because they don't have a proper system. So, you know, I was talking to the local women and they are all having miscarriages and infertility and a lot of endocrine disruption and the men are getting erectile dysfunction and they're having all these health problems that are specifically related from burning plastic and it's going in their waterways. And actually, when I was in Nicaragua, I got staph infection from swimming in the water. So anyways, I collected all of the waste that I produced in Nicaragua, which was about a small bag, because I was just aware that I had to bring my trash home with me. I need to reduce my waste as much as possible. So I kind of turned it into this little game for myself, like how little waste can I bring home? And so I brought it home. And it had me thinking, okay, well, this is how much I produce being mindful in a developing country. Or so how much waste do I accumulate in the United States in one month? And I was always that person, you know, I'm a vegan, I'm an activist, I'm an environmentalist for the people, for the animals, for the planet. But I was still using quite a bit of single-use plastic. And I had that, that um, conscious realization when I was 16, 17 year, years old, not to use plastic water bottles, not to use plastic bags, those simple things that are like a big no-no, but things like using a bamboo toothbrush or zero waste floss or zero waste deodorant, those things were not even in my mind. So I started this campaign called Futuristic February, where I collect my trash for one month in the month of February. And just to get a visual of how much I accumulate. And I wanted that, that viewpoint. And so I started it when I was in college and I got 
so many people in the clubs in my college to participate. And then it kind of, the word got out and we had people doing it in England. Um, we had people doing it in Australia, just so many different places. And I had no idea the campaign was going to go this big, but I started getting all these pictures on Instagram of people collecting their trash and how much they accumulated in one month. And we we're all just kind of blown away because we never have that visualization of how much waste we accumulate in one month when we were, you know, when you get trash, you throw it away and you never see it again. So you never get that perspective. So after I went to Nicaragua, I started Futuristic February and now it's a worldwide campaign, but that campaign specifically got me into zero waste living and I have not looked back since. And do you calculate the numbers? Like, do you weigh or count the amount of trash and how have you seen it reduced as you do the Futuristic February challenge over the years? So this is the third year, as I said. So I take pictures every year. So the first year I have a picture of all of my trash. And then last year I took a picture of all my trash. And then this year I'll take another picture. So it's like progress pics for trash. Um, so it's the 2019 version of progress pics. So I have all those. And so I don't weigh them. I just take that visualization of the picture and I find that is really versatile and people are really, people love that visual, you know, that, oh, you went from this amount of trash to this in one year. So just that transformation. And I think I'm so excited for this year because I know I, I do not accumulate as much waste as last year. So it's going to be even significantly reduced. So a lot of people that did the futuristic February three years ago and two years ago, they're all kind of really just aligning with the zero, zero waste lifestyle. And we've kind of done this journey together after like this futuristic February community. So now we're just all taking, we're all ready for our month of February this year. And just to show each other our honest pictures of what we're actually accumulating and just to support each other too. It's not about perfection and being rude to each other and saying, well, you're doing this wrong and you're accumulating this waste. It's all about creating that vocal and positive environment where we can help each other and say, hey, you know, instead of using your plastic toothbrush that I saw on your futuristic February picture, you could sw switch to a bamboo toothbrush or just, you know, offering people those options to switch because I think that when I first got involved in zero waste living, I was extremely focused on being perfect. And my, have you ever taken the Enneagram test by chance? Um, I have, and it, it couldn't give me exact numbers. I was like three different numbers equally. Oh, really? Yeah. So you were a wing. Okay. Yeah. Basically mine was, I'm a perfectionist and I never have considered myself a perfectionist in my entire life. So when I took the test and I got a perfectionist, I was so offended. <laughs> and then I was like, why am I so offended? It's because I'm a perfectionist. So basically I, when, when I do anything, I go all out. So vegan, like obviously that's not even like up for discussion. I'm going to be vegan 100% all of the time, but zero waste. I was like, I found myself like very focused on not accumulating any waste. And I would get anxiety about any waste that I previously had. So I don't know if you went through this, but when I went zero waste, I got really like anxious about the plastic that I already owned, whether it be like a reusable plastic container or a, um, a reusable plastic plate. I just wanted like zero plastic in my life. 
And that was just me being a perfectionist. So I kind of had to tone it down a little bit and be like, okay, Carly, like what you own is already what you own. If you want to donate it, great. If you want to donate it to a women's shelter, which is what I did, that's even better. But um, I just try to, you know, there's so many negative health effects that come with plastic. So I do try to stick to glass. And I love how, you know, for your company, you don't use virgin glass because that's so important to use secondhand post-consumer glass. So basically just, you know, transitioning into this lifestyle, it can be a lot for some people at first. So I think because I went into it like full force and that's just my personality, I want to be here for people that aren't necessarily like me and have my personality and offer them like the tips and tricks to go about this lifestyle in a non-confrontational and a non-judgmental way. And so the challenge starts in two days on February 1st. How exactly can we participate? So I have an email sign up if one wants to give me their email, and then I'll just be sending emails throughout the month, encouraging people, you know, to go on with the challenge and asking if anyone needs help. But basically, you know, you don't even need to sign up through my email. Um, You can just do it yourself. So basically, you just take a picture on the first day of futuristic February and you educate your following and say, Hey, I'm doing futuristic February. Um, it's with my brand sustainable duo. And that's my zero waste brand that I have with my boyfriend, Brendan, and it's sustainable duos, futuristic February campaign. I'm going to be doing it throughout the month. And then on February 28th, I'm going to post a picture of all of my waste and show everyone how much waste I accumulate. And then from there, after the campaign, the goal is to educate people on how much waste they accumulate. And then after that, just make the simple swaps, like I said before. So then I'll be like sending emails and resources to like 10 holistic zero waste hacks that you can implement right away. So things like that. And yeah, that's basically all you need to do to sign up. Someone asked me the other day how much it costs. I'm like, it doesn't cost anything. It's just your, it's just you doing this campaign for yourself. You know, it's, it's not for me. It's for everyone that's participating and how they want to raise awareness for about plastic consumption and also how they want to take initiative in their own life. Yeah. And I'll definitely be participating and tagging you on Instagram. So I'm excited. I've collected my trash in the past, but never for like a dedicated time period. So it'll be interesting. It's fun. Yeah. And then it'll be fun because then, you know, and then 2020 futuristic February comes around and then you take that picture and you're like, what? I've improved so much. So I'm excited for everyone that's participating again for everyone that's joining. It's going to be really cool. Now, you and Brendan have published three different ebooks, the first um, being Vegan Hacks. What are some of your favorite vegan hacks? Uh, there's so many. So, the first, you know, we created Vegan Hacks three years ago. Um, and, or was it two years ago? Either way, we created that. And I just, it's basically for everyone, like my family. I took my family as kind of like a test run, and I was like, okay. They are not, they were not vegan at the time. And my mom was the perfect example because she was the one that was saying, I want to go vegan so bad. I just don't know what to eat. And Carly, you're eating raw vegan. And that's like grass and bird seeds and buckwheat seeds and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I understand that there's a lot of people that don't necessarily want to eat raw vegan like myself. So I created this book 
kind of in guidelines to people that are like my family. And so it's all those products like the Beyond Meat Burger or making your own black bean quinoa patties or making your own sweet potato fries. I tried to stay away from packaging as much as possible. And I actually created this ebook before I went zero waste. So it's mostly just those, you know, those conventional vegan products that are you find in Whole Foods. But then the second ebook I created was Zero Waste Hacks. And that includes more of holistic zero waste recipes, zero waste hacks for really everything. And that's kind of the one that I resonate with more. Um, but I do keep vegan hacks up because I think it is a great option for people that want to go vegan and they're not ready to go zero waste and they just want to stop eating animals ASAP. So it's, it's a really good, it's a really good tool for people that want that transition. And then our third ebook, Holistic Hacks, that's our latest ebook. And that's all really majority, everything that I do and Brendan, we do in our daily life to be holistic, whether it be like a natural zero waste vegan, quote unquote, flu shot or making your own tinctures, making your own zero waste sunscreens, um, medicinal herbs that I love and showing people how to eat with the moon cycles. And we, I talk a little bit about eco-spirituality, which is one of my passions. So that one's a little more hippy dippy, I like to say, but you know, they're, they're all amazing in their own unique way. So they, I'm, I'm glad that they help a lot of people because I've gotten great feedback on the eBooks. Besides your own eBooks, what are some of your favorite vegan and or zero waste books that you like to recommend? Let's see. Hmm. I, I mean, in terms of zero waste living, I typically just follow blogs, including yours, um, and Instagram handles. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my go-to really, because I, in terms of holistic living, that's when I kind of do a lot of research with books. So I do love researching, like, I love talking about how our cells have consciousness and we can heal our body with our mind. And there's this amazing woman that I know named Karen Calabrese and she's based out of Chicago. She is one of my closest friends and she's actually 73 years old. She is one of the first women ever to bring the holistic lifestyle to Chicago, which is where I grew up. And she has been vegan for, I think, 62 years, I think, and then raw vegan for 30 something. So she has just taught me a lot about holistic living, like soaking almonds and cashews before eating them and massaging certain greens and leafy greens and sprouting, fermenting. So for anyone that's interested in eating living foods and like living a high vibrational lifestyle through your diet, I would definitely recommend the book Soak Your Nuts by Karen Calabrese. She is a hoot. Like she is, she's 73 and she acts like she's my sister. She's just so youthful and so young spirited. She was also on, um, she was on Oprah for age defying women because she looks so good. Her skin is so good. And you know, not even that it, your aesthetics matter in that sense, but she just looks so vibrant and energized and just joyful all the time. So I just, I can't say enough good things about Karen. Everyone should definitely read her books. Wow. That is a hilarious book name. I will definitely include it in the show notes. 
I know. <laughs> so you just mentioned eco-spirituality. What is that? So eco-spirituality is basically taking all religions and I, I grew up Catholic and now I, um, I don't practice Catholicism at all. I don't really can practice any religion besides eco-spirituality and my religion is connecting to the earth. So whether it be earthing for 30 minutes a day, barefoot outside, um, whether it be just an intuitive nature walk and just taking, and it could be for anyone, you know, whether you're religious or not, just taking your religion and like, and like incorporating it into the natural world. And my, my thought like for the future would be not to have church groups indoors, like to have them outside in like gardens and, you know, in parks. And just so people can really connect like with where we came from, because I think that, you know, people wake up in this box, essentially that's the room. And then they look at their phone, which is a box. And then, they go to work in this building, which is a box. And then they drive home from work in a car, which is a box. And then they go in their box and go to bed and they look at their box before they sleep, you know? So there's not a lot of time where people are outside connecting with the earth and eco-spirituality is just basically implementing all of the earth's energies into our lifestyle. And that's why I'm so passionate about eating with the moon cycles and, um, you know, having periods with the moon cycles says so much about your health and everything is energy. If you think about it, like all the oceans, their tides are in tune with the moon cycle. So our bodies are majority water. We're totally in tune with the moon cycles as well. So just getting back to that connection. And that's when I think people become, when I do talks and presentations at VegFest about zero waste living, for Sustainable Duo, I always bring up eco-spirituality because I think that when a lot of people are connected and they feel connected with the earth, that's when they're more a little more passionate about animals. Let's say they're not vegan or not zero waste. They're like, oh, well, maybe I should start caring about the energy of the earth and the planet and the plastic in the ocean and the animals and how they're killing animals. It's kind of like the spiral effect, you know? Like, and I think that's why it's so easy when someone goes vegan, they're like, oh, I should go zero waste because I care. Or if they're zero waste, they should consider, like most zero wasters I know are vegan because they understand that connection. So it's just a great way just to connect back and ground down and be like, okay. We're all here for whatever reason, who knows where we came from, who knows what, where we're going, but we need to preserve this earth for our generation and for future generations. And how do you eat with the moon cycles? So the moon cycle has a couple different phases. So there's phases that nurture your estrogen phase and then phases that nurture your testosterone phase. So for certain parts of the moon, at the moon phases, I will eat things that are rich, seeds and nuts that are rich in estrogen. And then for the other half, I'll eat seeds and nuts that are rich in testosterone. So all seeds that are, can be found in bulk, which are pumpkin seeds, flax seeds, hemp seeds, um, chia seeds, you know, these are all things that can be found in a local bookstore. And yeah, it just kind of, it just depends on what phase it is in the moon and what type of moon it is. And it's cool because I, like all of my friends 
pretty much everyone like that is seed cycling with the moon, like in my area. Can you, we have like a little like hippie crew, you know? And so everyone gets their period on the full moon. And like, it's so cool because we know we're just that in tune and we all seed cycle and our diet is vegan and plant-based and everyone gardens here in Florida because, you know, in Florida, you can grow all of your food in your backyard. So it's funny. My friends, I live in an apartment complex right now. So I have my patio of my um, favorite herbs and moringa trees and papayas and stuff. But my friends have these huge properties and they'll be in like residential, like suburb, suburb areas. And I'll be driving and you see all these like cookie cutter lawns, like, you know, everyone's watering their grass and everything is like perfect, perfect, perfect. And then you see my friend's yard and it's like a forest in the middle of the suburb. And like, you cannot see the house because the entire front yard is all food with like moringa trees, cranberry hibiscus, wheat potatoes, Mexican sunflower. And you just, you cannot see the house. And then the backyard is even bigger. And there's like huge mulberry trees, there's star fruit, there's noni, there's really everything. And that's why I love living in Florida because it's the subtropics and you can grow anything from cacao to goji berries to sweet potatoes to lettuce. So another one of my passions is really just showing people like you can grow food no matter where you are, you can grow food. Um, and that's also big on the zero waste journey, you know, because if you can grow your own organic food, you're emitting a lot of waste. I saw on Instagram recently that you're a fan of something called cupping. What is that and what are the benefits of it? Oh my gosh. I love cupping. So when I initially went vegan when I was 15, I actually got really sick, not from being vegan, but um, so at the same time I got mono, I was vegan, I was a cross country runner and got a stress fracture. And, you know, those three things at the same time were the the perfect storm, you know, because sometimes people get sick just by going vegan alone because they're not eating right, or they're not getting the correct nutrition all the time, or their body's just detoxing. So I got super, super sick. So I went to an acupuncturist and she did acupuncture on me and she taught me cupping. And so cupping looks like these little suction cups and you stick them on your back in the correct meridians. And I did, I trained with her, um, not through a course, but she taught me how to perform cupping on myself for when I went to college. And there's definitely a certain way you have to do it. So I would just, you know, viewer discretion, you can't, you can't do it in certain spots on your back because you do have vital organs, but regardless, so you put these suction cups on your back and it squeezes your skin together. So it suctions the skin off of your organs creating room for blood flow to, you know, for all your cells and kind of just put some oxygen and more blood back in these areas that aren't being regenerated as much as other parts of your body. And then you leave the cups on for about five to 20 minutes. And then when you release the cups, it creates like this, like, it looks like you kind of got hit by a softball and it's all over your back from the cups and you get kind of sore and dehydrated. You need to drink a lot of water after you do cupping, but it's really good for your, if you've any back ailments. So I have scoliosis, meaning my back is a little bit curved. So it really helps 
with my scoliosis and relieve any tension. And a lot of people that have stressful jobs love cupping. And if you're sitting all day on a computer or on your phone, um, you know, like we both are building businesses online, it's just a very good idea to at least do acupuncture or cupping just to get, you know, the chi flowing back throughout your body. Wow. Yeah, I sit almost all the time right now as I'm trying to get my business built up and I'm not traveling. And that sounds like something I definitely need to try. Exactly. Yeah. And I know I totally get it. I mean, yesterday I was on my computer for probably eight hours just looking down. And also something I want to mention that I found super important was like putting those apps on your phone that protect you from the blue lights on your phone, that's also like super important for me because you don't want these, this technology to like mess with your circadian rhythm. So I always have my night, my night screen on, which creates a little more yellow tint on your phone. And I also have a software in my computer where I add it on to create a yellow tint just so my brain is not affected by the screens. And because I know the difference of how I feel when I'm outside gardening, you know, building permaculture gardens with my friends versus how I feel when I'm on my computer building a business. So it's really nice to have that balance and find little hacks like the UV light protectors and whatnot. But yeah, it's even since you're on, you're like building your business, it's just so vital as you know, to just get outside and get some fresh air. And I'm sure that's why you loved being in a van because you could literally pull over somewhere, open up the side door and just breathe in some crisp air. Yes, I miss it. I miss it so much. But yeah. this is important too. I gotta I gotta be here getting this done Absolutely. right now. So um yeah, I use night screen on my phone, but what do you use on your computer? Oh my gosh. I do not remember what it is called. Uh, I've been trying to find out. I can definitely let you know so you can put it in the show notes. Um I just don't remember. If you just Google like blue light protector software on Google, you know, it's going to pop up. There's so many different softwares that you can use. So, um, but you know, it. I really notice a difference. And when my, the software is not on, I'll look at my screen and be like, whoa, I used to look at bright lights like that. Like my eyes would hurt. I was getting really bad headaches and that's just not natural at all. So yeah, definitely just an easy hack to implement into your life. Yeah, I'll add it in the show notes once we figure out what it is. Um, yeah, I have really bad eye strain. It's been a problem for me since I think it started May or June of last year. And that was really when I started to to be spending like six to eight hours a day on my laptop building my business and just immediately and ev- almost every single day since then, if I'm on my computer or on my phone all day my eyes just they they kill me they hurt so bad so definitely sounds like something I should do something about yeah your body's telling you something you know that's the thing like our body is constantly talking to us and so we just have to listen and really quickly I want to mention this story because it's so important because Brendan and I um almost a year ago we had so we moved to this amazing beautiful um, okay, so we like moved into this house. So the landlord lived on the top of the house and the bottom was ours and they weren't connected. So I can't remember the exact word of what's that that is called, but regardless. So we lived on the bottom and it was on this little beautiful river that connected to the ocean and it was like a dream backyard. I was growing some of my own food and 
we would wake up and just go earth in the morning and eat our like little zero waste acai bowls on the dock and watch the dolphins and whatnot. And so living in Florida, it's very humid here. And so when there's hurricanes and the power goes out, we got mold and black mold is a really big issue that I'm super passionate about talking about because we had black mold and we both got super sick. And the thing was, we didn't really know that we had black mold because we were just always kind of like sneezing and coughing and our eyes were itching. We're like, oh, it's just allergies. And then we found out later that we had black mold. So not only did we have to throw everything that we own out, like I had to throw it out. I couldn't even donate it because it was um, contaminated. So I threw out really everything that I own. And we have, so Brenda and I, we really don't have many belongings at all besides our store products. Like our, we just have like bamboo utensils that we sell and like zero waste bags and zero waste kits. But besides those things, we don't have many material items at all. And I'm, you know, that was, everyone's like, Carly, I'm so sorry that it's happening to you. And I'm like, you know, it's, it sinks that, you know, my health was affected, but I am so happy right now because I'm literally as minimal as I've ever been in my life. And it feels so good. So yeah, I was unfortunate. I couldn't donate anything, but I felt, I feel so good living this minimal lifestyle. So the point of me telling that story is one, like it really taught me to release attachment to material items and like really kickstart, like even more my zero waste journey. Like I thought I already lived minimal at that point, but then I went even more minimal. And then two, just like listen to your body. And I think that zero waste living and veganism has helped me listen to my body so much because now when I sneeze or when my eyes hurt or I feel like I'm getting a headache, I kind of sit back and I'm like, why is this happening? What do I have to adjust in my life? And then I can move forward. But I'm really a big advocate of just listening to your body and like just getting your connection back to the earth and yeah, I'm sorry. I go on so many tangents, but you know, I had to share the black mold story. No, I totally, totally agree. And I've been pretty minimal for basically all of my life. And I've been able to fit all of my belongings into a car since, oh gosh, since I left for the military, actually. Like I left for the military and I had on the clothes on my back. That's all you can take with you. And then they make throw those away when you get there. And so I started with absolutely nothing. And then when I left the military and I, I joined or I started living in a van and traveling all over the country, like, you know, now everything I own fits in a 50 square foot van, which um, it does. It helps you release attachments and realize what's actually important in life. And it's really not the material possessions at all. Exactly. And as we talked about my boyfriend, Brendan, earlier, he was in the Marine Corps for six years. So you guys have, you know, that minimalistic mindset from those endeavors that you experienced. So it was, it kind of trains you to just be simple and it really is the best feeling. And I, I try to, you know, when you're minimal and you explain it to people, sometimes people think you're just being condescending. They think you're cheap. They think that, you know, it's oh, just I not, am cheap. you're not normal. Oh yeah. But the thing is, there's no, like, why is cheap a bad thing? I just call it being resourceful, you know? So, um, so it's really interesting, like listening to people's feedback about how we live, but once they experience it for themselves, they come back and they're like, I get it. 
you're certified in permaculture design. What does that entail? Okay, so permaculture design is basically an agricultural ecosystem that is self-sufficient, meaning that in simpler terms, it's a garden that you put together and you plant everything strategically. And the point is so that you don't have to maintain it. So for example, let's say I'm in, so I'm in Florida right now and I want to build a big permaculture garden. So I'm going to plant bamboo in a certain area for, um, to protect against the prevailing winds that are coming towards a mulberry tree. And then underneath the mulberry tree, I'm going to plant katuk, which is nitrogen rich and giving nitrogen to the soil to feed the cranberry hibiscus and et cetera, et cetera. So everything is planned extremely strategically so that you just don't have to do a lot of maintenance. So it's great. It's like also known as a food forest and everything in this forest is edible and it serves a certain purpose. So I went to Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. And the reason I actually found that school and went there was because they have a permaculture food forest. So all their students can go there. It's kind of like a community garden, but way bigger and looks like a forest. And I was able to go there. And as a freshman, when I was living on campus, I could go harvest my own mulberries, my own greens for my salads. And it's like a vegan sanctuary on a college campus and it was free. So then I would volunteer there and I would help mulch the ground and I would do like a little bit of maintenance because there really isn't much needed. But it's just great because for people, it's like a form of gardening where like if people want to create a garden and they don't want to do much work and be like a quote unquote, like lazy gardener. It's, it's an amazing opportunity to grow your own food. And these properties with these permacultures, you don't even need it to be that big. Like it could, it's the matter of someone's backyard. And my friends, as I was mentioning earlier, they have their entire front yard and entire backyard, both permacultures, and they get so much food like when it is mango season they have they don't they have so many mangoes they do not even know what to do and they freeze a lot of them use them for smoothies in the winter or they'll can them and so then they'll have they'll have fresh food available all year round but a lot of people there's a misconception that permaculture is only possible in florida or in warm climates but you can do a permaculture garden wherever. It just is going to be different crops growing because, you know, we can grow papayas down in Florida, but back home where I'm from in Chicago, we can't grow papaya, but we can grow things like apples and peaches and do a permaculture with plants that are local and native to that area. So I think that the world will be saved with permaculture and people growing their own food. It's another type of eco-spirituality and earthing and getting that connection back. But I always tell people in Florida, like it is really easy to be zero waste in Florida because we have so many local gardens that are always growing food and so many local food forests that are always providing for us for the farmer's markets. So if you don't live in a warm area, it's always nice to grow your food over the summer. Um, in your garden or a food forest and then harvest it and freeze it or can it, dehydrate it, whatever you got to do. And that's what my mom does in Chicago. And then for our zero waste Christmas last year, I got her indoor grow lights. So for in our basement, she grows some of her own food too, which is cool. 
And you do permaculture consulting, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm certified to do blueprints on anyone's yard. So I can totally build a strategic plan of a permaculture on someone's yard, incorporating what herbs. And I'm really a big fan of medicinal herbs and tinctures. So if they want like a uplifted herb garden or an herb spiral, or, you know, they want fruit trees and just, there's a whole dynamic behind permaculture and you create these small microclimates. So it's, it's a, it's a bit of a process, but yeah, I can definitely, I definitely am trained to design. And then there's teams that can go and implement it if the person doesn't want to implement the permaculture themselves, which is amazing. So I, I think it's so, I think it's really fun. And yeah, like I said, there's so many permacultures all over Florida and it's just a matter of time before they keep popping up all over the world. And where can people go to learn more and to contact you about the permaculture consulting or any of the sustainability consulting that you and Brendan do? Okay, so they can go to our website, which is just sustainableduo.com. We do consulting where we also zero waste people's houses or business. And we also zero waste or we also veganize pantries and we will do like a zero waste, your grocery cart session. So we go to grocery stores with people and we help them veganize their grocery cart if they're not already vegan. And then we help them zero waste their grocery cart. And it's so fun. And we can also do these sessions over Skype. And lately we've been zero wasting vegan festivals, veg fests. So we're on our fourth veg fest right now, zero wasting the entire event. And we're like setting up composting booths and we have volunteers that are going to be separating trash from recycling and we also educate the vendors ahead of time um, how to have a zero waste festival experience so that they're avoiding any trash that they're bringing so it is amazing so yeah we've been doing this the past um, six months and it's been fantastic I'm like it's crazy like watching all these veg fests go sustainable after we work with them because it really just aligns with everything that they're doing. So it only makes sense to have a zero waste festival if it's already a vegan festival. Definitely. And last question for you, what is your number one tip for living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle? Oh my God. My favorite thing that I always tell people is never compromise your beliefs and ethics to make other people comfortable because I, I just... When I go places and, you know, I've been living the zero waste lifestyle for almost two years now. And when I go places and, you know, I go to a cafe and I'll get a smoothie bowl and I bring my own bowl and I say, hey, can you use my reusable bowl? If, you know, let's say the place doesn't have reusable bowl options, like for in-house eating and they use single use plastic and I'll say, Hey, can you use my reusable bowl? Most of the time places are like, sure. Yeah, of course. That's amazing. Sometimes they'll even give me like a 10% discount and be like, you're cool. And then sometimes they're like, no, we're not doing that. And whether they say it's because they just don't know if they can, or if it's health code or they just don't want to, I say, you know, okay. Um, well, if you don't have a reusable option for your cafe for me to use and you're not letting me like, go with my beliefs and ethics and reduce my waste, then thank you for providing zero waste and holistic option, or thank you for providing vegan and holistic options. But I definitely can't 
eat this bowl in a single-use plastic because it doesn't align with me. So next time, I, um, if you ever get reusable options in the future or let me use my bowl, I'll be more than happy to support you. But just for right now, I cannot support you. And then I'll walk out and I won't get it. I won't compromise my beliefs and get a single-use plastic bowl. And so my mom the other day, or when I initially went zero waste, this wasn't the other day. This was like a year ago. I have no sense of time. Um, she was like, well, Carly, don't you think people think you're like a little condescending? Like you're being a little extra, you're being a little maybe cheap, you know, all those things, those terms that get thrown our way for living a zero waste lifestyle. I was like, mom, I'm like, the thing is, if they think I'm condescending, that's not, that's on them. You know, I'm just doing my part to be morally consistent and live this ethical lifestyle. So if they think that it's my problem, that's like not on me. I'm just trying to be as morally consistent as possible. And that's really all I can do. So back to what I was saying, like, don't be scared. I, a lot of people are also scared to ask to for cafes to use their reusable mug or their reusable bowl. And I just say, don't be scared, you know, don't compromise your beliefs to make other people's comfortable. So that's a quote by me. <laughs> that's just what I tell everyone I come in contact with. But I really think that's the most powerful. Thank you so much for listening to the Hippie Haven podcast. Your support means the world to me. If you found value in today's episode, I encourage you to become a patron of the podcast. For just $5 a month, you can help me continue the educational work I'm doing here with all of my wonderful guests. And in return, I'll pick up a bag of trash in your honor. Visit patreon.com forward slash a hippie in a van to support this podcast. I also have an exclusive community for the podcast over on Facebook. So if you want to connect with me and other like-minded people, just type Hippie Haven in the Facebook search bar and join our group. Thanks again and stay tuned every Wednesday for the next episode.